It is Tuesday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, but you know what, Benny? It doesn't quite feel like it. I, I had this whole thing written out, but there's nothing to talk about. I don't know what no. the fuck we're going to do for the next month or two, but... I have an idea. Now. Yeah? We're in the business of distracting people from stuff, right? Yeah. We cover sports, we cover pop culture and entertainment. We usually don't get too serious. I would like to keep this podcast to corona-free zone that's the only time you'll hear me say it for the rest of the podcast (laughs) and we're both in a unique situation that we can keep recording and i think since we have no march madness and no tourney we should use our our acumen of sports and music to do a march madness of the greatest albums of all time i love it what do you think And, and without any further ado Hit the music. It is time for Now That's What I Call Madness Volume 1. Welcome on into the show. My name is Denny Gallagher, and I'm joined by the Snare Campaign Provocateur, Mr. I'm holed up in my self-isolation in my love den in an undisclosed location. It is Benny Horowitz. That's right, Denny. I'm not telling you you people where I am. You know, I'm not much of a prepper or anything. I, you know, I've been talking to even my wife about it, where it's like, you know, when you almost hit 40 and you don't know how to do a lot of that stuff already, you know, you kind of got to just chalk it up a little bit. Like, eh, maybe I'm just not one of those people. I should just keep recording podcasts and hide a... Uh, Hide where the kids can go to the beach. (laughs) (laughs) And I want people to write in where they think Benny went into self-isolation at the tune-up podcast at gmail.com or the the tune-up HQ. Personally, I think it's got a little South American flair. I think Boca Raton, (laughs) maybe Uruguay. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Uh, Narcos, Benny Horowitz edition. I'm here for it. (laughs) Netflix, back up the Brinks truck. But I mean, imagine, imagine the kinds of drugs people are doing right now, Denny. It's uh, oh, exploration time, oh, baby. It's the sex, the drugs, time. it's like the summer of 69, except... Yeah, there's going to be babies, divorce, <laughs> uh, addictions, all sorts of things created in the next couple months. Oh, so what is the, in, in what time frame do you think we're going to see the coronavirus baby boom? Is it, is it December or is it Christmas of 2020? Well, I mean, I think since like... You know, everyone's comparing it to, like, post-World War II baby boom, which I, I don't think it's going to work the same way. I mean, those as someone who's a touring musician for a million years, I can tell you there's great value to leaving and coming back. It does something to a relationship, you know, heart, heart uh, grows fonder right. with, with distance. All these things are true. And in this case... Uh, I feel like it might get leveled off by the amount of people who uh, are going to get divorced. Because <laughs> uh, it's not as if everyone was like isolated and now they're coming home. This is like, hey, we go to work every day. We go to school. We have our own things to do. We have our own time. We see each other like hour or two a day. And that's that's the, uh, you know, the rhythm we figured out for things. And then all of a sudden you throw someone in the, the same space, 24 hours a day, with kids around and, and stress and anxiety. Ooh, well, I don't know, man. Speaking of the rhythm of things, it's time we kind of explain what we're trying to do here. Yeah, let's um, get into this. Yeah, so 
Now that's what I call Madness Volume 1. So here's the lowdown on what we're trying to do. A 32 album bracket style tournament just like the NCAA tournament. So if you're a gambling man and you and you already put your money in for squares like I did for the NCAA tournament uh, and you want to gamble on this, we're taking everything. We'll, we'll set up a Patreon. <laughs> knock yourself out. But 32 albums uh, and we'll reveal the field in just a, a little bit. One versus eight, two versus seven. If you if you follow the tournament, you get the picture, and you the fans will vote on it on Twitter. And so that's pretty scary. But uh, <laughs> we have four regions here: the James Brown region, the Marvin Gaye region, the Joe Strummer region, and the John Lennon region. I'm really excited about this. But in the lead up to this episode, we kind of had a bit of a not quarrel, but a conversation about what conversation. to include because yeah. it is very tough to narrow down this isn't easy. all the this albums isn't easy business. ever down into thirty-two. Are we are we setting ourselves up for the uh, like the taco fall of, of music <laughs> brackets here? You leave it to a fan vote, you know. Sometimes oh. fans get weird; they start putting Jeremy Lin in the uh, All Star game and things like that. Well, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure if we left the craft work in the field like I proposed originally, that definitely would have won the entire tournament. Oh, yeah. Craft work <laughs> is really tipping the scales, Denny. Sure is. Come on. All right. You know what? 50% of people saw that on High Fidelity. They never listened to that album. They don't know what the fuck it is. All right. So let's reveal the number one seeds. And, you know, we, we really tried with this to be all-inclusive of uh, genres, of, uh, you know, sex, gender, all that thing. Really trying to see for... Now, from my perspective, I think the the goal of this is, you know, like most influential. I, I think influential and best, you know, they may not be synonymous, but they're pretty damn near close. I know Benny has a different view of this, but let's kind of go through the one seeds first, okay? Well, well, let's give the criteria to the people. Okay. Like, like what we base it on, because because I do agree with you, and there, and there's a point to that. So you had said earlier on the topic of say Madonna like a virgin. Yeah. Right. With with a number of number one singles on that album, and you had said if that's the criteria, then Katy Perry records get on, which is true. So like the idea of uh, somebody being symbolic, somebody being iconic for a number of different reasons, like. This could be, uh, you know, albums aren't always just the music, you know? There's aesthetic, there's timing, there's all sorts of things with production and recording that go into it that need to be taken into account. So, it's not sheer popularity, it can't be. It has to be the, uh, the legacy it left behind and also the influence it it had on on musicians and bands moving forward. I think those are very important criteria to, to set forth here. All right, so Benny, let's dive into the one seeds first. As every good bracket reveal show does, we introduce you to the contenders, the uh, the the people that uh, we expect to maybe be there when uh, we crown a champion in a couple weeks. Here, so the number one overall seed in the James Brown region. Sergeant Pepper, Beatles. Sergeant right? Pepper, yeah, by yeah, by the Beatles. This is kind of an undisputed, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, beginning of the summer of love, nineteen sixty-seven, changed uh, 
recording technology, production technology, many hits. I don't know. It's kind of one of the undeniable ones. The only question here with that is like, which Beatles album do you choose? And that gets preferential. So, but I think this is kind of a shoe in for a one seed. And it's important to know as part of our criteria, an artist can only have one album in here. Um, yes. And we kind of made that, that distinction because I don't think anybody would want to see like a, like a Sgt. Pepper versus the White Album or like Rubber Soul in like a championship. So only one per customer here. So Sgt. Pepper, number one in the James Brown region. All right, moving on to the Marvin Gaye region. What's going on by the man himself? Benny, what do you make of this? I mean, easy choice for me. It's one of those ones that, that like we talked about before, has to fit a certain criteria. So this wasn't a massively successful record when it came out. It's actually still, album sales-wise, not a massively successful record. It's not even officially a platinum album, which is pretty crazy. But you go back, and it's one of those things that year after year after year keeps getting better uh, and keeps influencing people more and more as it gets older, almost uh, in the way of our next number one that we'll be talking about. Uh, So it's one of those ones that I think some people might have some problems with it, number one. But, like, they wouldn't have a problem with it, number one, in, like, ten years. Because then it's going to be universally number one. Not, uh, you know, like, I think Marvin Gaye stuff is is uh, aging like wine and cheese. You know what I mean? It's not going anywhere. It just keeps getting better. And I think a really important thing to note out in, in this contest is the influence that it had over music that came after it. I think a lot of my personal decisions and, and who I tried to recommend for this were based off of what came later and what they influenced and uh, yeah and something i also you know like to bring up with some of these bands marvin gay the temptation some of these older soul bands is you know some of the hip-hop groups got credited with kind of uh illuminating what was happening in the inner city at like like no one had ever spoken about it before and you know marvin gay especially on this record talks about it a lot yeah uh where like you know the experience and his experience and the way he's seeing it dictates a lot of the lyrics to that record so that's another massively influential part of this album all right moving on our third region the joe strummer region i know jack curry's gonna love that and the number and the number one overall seed in the joe strummer region is pet sounds by the beach boys yeah i mean again another another shoe in a little boring you know, you could, this was one of those ones, you know, I'd say about 10 years ago, this record started randomly popping up on number one list where I'm like, what? Fucking Beach Boys? Because I, you know, to a lot of people's convention, like me, I thought it was like Surf in USA, <laughs> Kokomo, you know, like I didn't have a sense of what the Beach Boys actually did. And then when you find out what this record was, I mean, the uh, cutting edge way it was recorded and processed and the way Brian Wilson combed over it and the fact that it happened to influence like the Beatles directly right when it was put out and, and challenged whole them to Canyon make better albums. Too. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's literally one of the cool things about albums is like, I like albums where you can tell where it's from the second you hear it. And the Beach Boys are like easily the most iconic california band i can think of ever it's just anything that sounds even remotely like the beach boys sounds like california to me and they they did that 
And it's funny that you brought up, you know, 10 years ago, this record started to pop it up. Wasn't that when, like, Love and Music, that John Cusack movie? So so maybe a, a bit of a marketing play got this into the consciousness, but hey, it's I think, worked. I think, I think the cues, I think he kind of jumped on the fact that people jumped on pet sounds. <laughs> I don't think the cues started this. Oh, come on. If you're going to give Cusack credit for stuff, I don't think this is the one. <laughs> And our final number one, moving down to the John Lennon region and bringing it all home, Bob Dylan. Now, I know you weren't exactly thrilled with having Bob Dylan in this conversation, but... Oh, no. Very thrilled to have Bob Dylan in the conversation. Not thrilled to have him uh, listed a couple of times. Um, And again, a little confused about this being the record, but the reason that it was this instead of Blonde on Blonde, instead of... um, Blood on the Tracks. Yeah, you know, uh, 61 Revisited, these records, was that this was the one where he went from folk to electric, which changed everything, right? Like, like that's what we're talking about influence is when, you know, you have an artist who is literally, like, cemented as the folk musician of, of America, maybe the world at that point, and not only releases this album with some, you know, with uh, with the extra o- electric uh, bonuses, but also kind of changed the way people wrote lyrics. Um, you know, up until that point, I think people were more stuck in sort of the 50s, 60s, uh, be my baby kind of lyricism where, you know, it was it was catchy love songs made for radio and, and the types of things Bob Dylan started talking about it were kind of immensely unpopular in pop music. Um, and I think that uh, influence toppled over to a lot of artists and a lot of groups who had to basically redefine the way they wrote and the way they wrote about themselves in the world because of the way Dylan wrote. And that, that's why this is a, an undisputable to me. Week by week, we're going to reveal each of the regions. And this week, we're going to start with the James Brown region, all right, checking in at number one, as we said, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and they will take on the pride and joy of Benny Horowitz's record collection, U2's <laughs> Joshua Tree, coming in at the eighth seed. Listen, not the pride and joy. I'm one of those people who would be like, hey, you know, do you like U2's like older stuff when they were like kind of fast and sort of punk? And I've often made the contention that U2 is one of the most true punk bands that have ever existed. I mean, the fact that they've been a four-piece democracy for all these years and actually wrote songs in the middle of a war-torn country revolution. Like, not a lot of American and British punk bands can uh, take credit for that, you know? So you got to give you 2 some credit. Uh, I mean, this record has With or Without You, um, Where the Streets Have No Name, just like hit after hit. And uh, and also kind of took you two into like the the mainstream landscape, which they obviously stayed for like 30 years after, uh, if we're talking about influence in that. I mean, personally, I still think Boy by U2 is is a better record, but that that's not neither here nor there. And I'm not going to hold it against them, the fact that I still have that stupid album from 2013 on my phone that Apple made everybody <laughs> download. Yeah, it still pops up in my party <laughs> shuffle from time to time. Yeah, The number two seed in this region kind of blew by Miles Davis. Miles will be taking on Biggie Smalls, Ready to Die. Yeah, this one's fun, huh? <laughs> I mean, you have uh, 
Maybe two of the most influential African-American figures in the, in the 20th century. Yeah, I mean, that, that's not really for me to say, but uh, I, would, I would go, like, you know, as far as the, the cutting edge of both of their crafts, you know, and the fact that Kind of Blue and Miles Davis was, like, pushing the card with everything he did. It ended up obviously being, like, you know, the most iconic uh, record of the genre in time. And then Ready to Die kind of pushed... Uh, you know, New York East Coast hip hop to to a whole nother level than where it came from, where it got uh, less songy and chorusy and more lyrical and really telling the stories of the of where he was from and everything that was happening, and obviously left a, a huge mounting legacy behind him. I'm excited to see how people vote on this. <laughs> All right, checking in at the three six matchup, we have James Brown Sex Machine versus mm-hmm. the miseducation of lauren hill this yeah. is this is the first one in the field i think we could actually see a upset here lauren hill modern classic don't get me wrong love james brown uh my my actual recommendation for this was uh james brown live at the apollo because i think that's the first time white america actually heard james brown and kind of brought Probably. him through to the mainstream but sure, we're sure. not allowed to do live albums for this so <laughs> sex machine there you go yeah, I like this. And and as we were saying before, you know, I've seen a lot of these lists, Denny. A lot of people make the same list and they're like, oh, this record was voted top 10 by like every writer ever. So I have to put it in, too. I think what we need to do here at the tune up is broaden this list. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I saw a list before that had four Beatles records in the same top 10. I'm like, come on. There's a lot of other music out there that was good and for different people. So I think Miseducation is is one of those ones that's going to start its climb now as time goes on. Right. And then coming in at the 4-5 matchup, this is like those 8-9 matchups at the tournament where you're pretty sure the 9 seed is uh, going to run away with it, but you know the 8 seed has the better record. We're talking a 4-5 here of uh, Lady Soul by Aretha Franklin coming in at 4 mm. and mm. Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. I mean coming in at number five i i'm pretty sure with our listenership born the run can like write its ticket to the sweet 16 <laughs> yeah i mean i have a feeling uh an ominous feeling <laughs> that there's some bruce springsteen fans who uh follow my career so yeah i think this one may be a landslide but that's coming later Are- yeah all oh, right Oops. but uh had to put aretha in there listen i got a quick story about aretha and maybe this is where Personal preference goes into these lists. How could it not? That's the reason you won't be seeing fucking Hotel California around here. But I fought for you, Don Henley. I fucking fought for you. <laughs> but uh, when I was a kid, you know, a really early kid, because this broke up after that, but, but my father had a little office that he would work in the side and a little boombox in there. And often I remember coming in and hearing Aretha Franklin on the boombox because it was one of his favorite artists. So it's one of those people, it's hard to put into albums. There's a few artists from this time. You know, I, I run into the issue with two of my favorite artists ever are, are Otis Redding and The Temptations. But they happen to not make the most seminal albums. Mm. And since we're taking the best of out of this, then I couldn't find a place for those artists. Luckily for me, Aretha put together a bunch of great albums. And this one is, uh, I think, the most iconic and which really showcases the breadth of like her voice from the late 60s 
and everything that came after. And obviously you can't, can't deny the uh, influence she had on everyone. Now, do we need to say why Born to Run was was so iconic? Should we even get into it? I mean, I think I I think if you've you you can get into this one. Tell me why you think it's iconic. I think a big part of this conversation is tapping into a zeitgeist, and I'll be at that time a very white American zeitgeist, and I feel like songs <laughs> like uh, I think this was the album where Springsteen took a. You know, in in Springsteen on, on Broadway, he talked about you know crafting this image and like uh, projecting of what he was as this like working class guy into the mainstream, which a, a lot of people could re- relate to. And he's rode that relatability to mansions and global superstardom. But I think this was the cementing of that legacy. Uh, you know, Thunder Road, Tenth Avenue Freeze Out. Uh, I know people in New Jersey. I mean, I'm biased. I, Grew up right by 10th Avenue in Belmar itself. Night, back streets, and then obviously there's Born to Run. She's the one. Meeting across the river and, and, and Jungle Land is this great opus. You know, just of uh, great craftsmanship in terms of uh, musicianship, great writing across the board. And I, I think people from New Jersey love other people from New Jersey. So uh, <clears throat> for our listenership, this, this will be a, a big one. But I definitely think that that's why Born the Run is iconic and in this conversation. And can I tell you something from personal experience? Oh, please do. I've sat behind the guy a couple times. Great ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Firm. <laughs> bubbly. Really cute. Always in nice, nice, dirty, expensive jeans. It's perfect. And, uh... Did you get that view from backstage as he was reading his teleprompter? Or no, no, just kidding. I don't need to troll Bruce Springsteen today. <laughs> but but uh, do you want to run through these and uh, pick our winners and then get out of here? Sure. All right. So one eight, Sergeant Pepper, Joshua Tree. Uh, let's. I know you didn't want Joshua on the list anyway. Let's put let's put her out of her misery. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> It's Sergeant Pepper, number one seed, oh. roll, rolling through, just like Duke. Just like Duke. <laughs> uh, all right, 2-7, kind of blue versus ready to die. Ah, tough one. Tough yeah. one for me. I'm, I'm a big fan of ready to die, but just for the age, for the respect, for the influence, ready to die has a long time to uh, leave its legacy and create new fans. I'm going to still go with kind of blue, two seed. Yeah, I mean, kind of blue broke barriers for what people thought that jazz and that whole kind of thing could be. So in terms of lasting impact, and you could even argue that hip hop's not even possible without kind of blue. So number two gets my vote. All right, then we have Sex Machine versus Miseducation of Lauren Hill. So this is where I'm riding Lauren Hill. Yeah, okay. I'm, ri- I'm riding it. I'm riding <laughs> it because because I like this idea that you got to stay ahead. You know, you know, music is so it's so subjective, you know, and and all these lists that have come into time are are there because a bunch of people decided that those are there. There's no concrete reason. This isn't sports. We don't have stats. I haven't gotten my stat cast on my drums yet. I'm working on it. So uh, as as influential as James Brown was before his time, uh, the king of showmanship, Miseducation is a better album. Yeah. To me, it's more beautiful. It's more put together. It's got uh, a more poignant thing to take away from it. James Brown, one of the finest entertainers in the history of music. I'd definitely say, rather. 
You could even say the hardest working man in show business. I've I've heard this. (laughs) So if you ask me who I'm going to pay a ticket price for, it's going to be James Brown. But what am I going to put into my my player later? Miseducation. Exactly. I'm right there with you. Uh, It's just starting to get its due, but I think the interesting thing about this record is the the years after for Lauren Hill and you know her various battles uh, to kind of get back to uh, the place where she is now. So I know that's not about the record, but every record has a story. So this one's kind of interesting. Well, and credit just to put it out there, credit to the musicians who played on the record, oh, yeah. who wound up suing Lauren Hill. <laughs> And settling out of court for $5 million. So I'm sure they had a lot to do with it. They're just not allowed to talk about it. (laughs) All right. Born to Run versus Lady Soul. Benny, what do you got? I don't know, dude. Am I going to get my fucking head (laughs) head eaten if I don't choose Born to Run? I I think it's a bad career move if I don't choose Born to Run. Oh, my god. Listen, Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. I'm going to vote for it for this reason, okay? I'm going to be honest with you about something, Benny. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen seriously helped my life. Oh. You know? Oh, really? That guy walking <laughs> on stage to play with my band made things a lot easier for me for a long time. So, surely for that selfish reason, I'm voting for the run. I'm not fucking with this. I might vote him to the one seat. I don't want to. <laughs> Should we even hold this competition? Is this just going to be like Born to Run, just straight on Nepotism. through to the final? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's how, that's how America runs. I mean, I I feel like if 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 we want to keep growing this podcast, I kind of have to just ride with Born to Run. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can't argue with singles like "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman," uh, "Chain of Fools," uh, uh, the original "Since You've Been Gone," and "Ain't No Way." I mean, come on. Listen, this is another one, and I know I'll take shit for saying this too. Ten out of ten times, if these two records are ahead of me, nine out of ten, Aretha's going in the stereo. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Yeah. But I I think today's that one time when and, and I would put Born to Run through. But I feel like we're the two least objective people to be having this conversation. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> All right, now it's your turn. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Tune Up HQ and Instagram. We're gonna po- post the poll in both places, so you could vote twice. We could have some voter fraud here. Uh, so that's okay. We want as many votes <laughs> as possible. Get in there. This is the people's list. Yeah. You know, this is what I want to do here. This isn't some nerdy guy with his Crocs, <laughs> you know, sitting next to his turntable all day long, taking notes. You know, these are the people listening to the music. And that's that's a different that's a different thing. You know, this is why uh, the things you see on this list, on those lists on Rolling Stone Top 100 aren't always on the radio. You know what I mean? It's not always what the people want. So let's figure out what the people like, you know? <laughs> I thought that was a shot at me. I'm like, Benny, you know damn well I don't wear Crocs. You might. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't think Crocs are just a white thing. Right. <laughs> but anyways, get in contact with the show. As we said, the Twitter and the Instagram. And you can uh, email us at the tuneuppodcast at gmail.com. And you know what? If you want to email us with your longer explanation for what you voted for, please feel free to do that. Um, and, yeah, yeah. And you can let's, uh, let's definitely want to hear. Definitely want to hear uh, people talking shit. Exactly. We need. Listen, I I challenge the tune up audience to vote Lady Soul over Born to Run. I challenge you listen, to do this for America. Yeah. You people got nothing fucking else to do. I know it for a fact right now. <laughs> Go watch Semi Pro and then vote 
say, uh, Lady Soul straight on through That's to right. the final. That's right. You can follow him on Twitter at Benny Horowitz. One number one in your minds, number one in your hearts, number one on Twitter. You can follow me also at Denny underscore Gallagher. Benny, anything else? Love to hear from you. Everyone love everyone, especially right now. And stay safe and, you know, just stay home. Just listen to, you know, we have, what, almost 20 episodes? Just binge us. Yeah, you got 20 hours. We'll get you through <laughs> almost a day. <laughs> this has been The Tune-Up.